1: This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Back by popular
0: demand, we have a tremendous leader in law enforcement. I look at him as one of my heroes, a man of great courage, strength, and vision. Sheriff Timothy B. Howard, 40-plus-year enforcement veteran, in law enforcement, including 24 years with New York State Police. Tim Howard has served in various assignments across the state, including Buffalo, Long Island, the Adirondacks, and the Southern Tier. He's unquestionably a member of a law enforcement family. One of his brothers retired as chief of police in Eden. Another is retired lieutenant in Cattaraugus County Sheriff's Department. And a third is a retired senior investigator with New York State Police and now a town justice. Tim's sister is married to a New York State Correctional Officer. His two sons, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, and two of his nephews are New York State troopers, while another nephew is Deputy Sheriff. Wonderful uh, family, wonderful people. He has a lovely wife, Sue, a great uh, Polish-American. And uh, we're happy to have Sheriff Tim Howard on our program. Uh, Tim, we've seen law enforcement go... uh, you know really wild in the last uh, couple months and i'm referring to this ridiculous riot that took place in washington in fact you know they blame donald trump uh, for it and it took place a half an hour before he even spoke so (laughs) how how can you go back in time with a time machine but anyway uh the riot was crazy uh five people dead i guess three from natural causes strokes heart attacks but still a lot of violence and let's talk about the capital riots. How is a law enforcement professional such as you, Sheriff Tim Howard, do you handle an insane situation, violence in the nation's capital? What, How do you prevent it? And how do you lock it down and contain it? Sheriff Tim Howard.
2: I think the answer to that question would qualify an individual for a, a Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's it's certainly it's grown more and more complicated um one of the big issues now is is um, the police respond to the will of the people and the will of the people i guess it depends on on which people you talk to i mean the laws and the constitution are supposed to be clear um providing clear clear guidance for what the leaders step in and and uh, at times tell the police to stand down for this group or that group and and start to throw different standards into the mix so um i think back in the the day when it was clear that this is acceptable and this is unacceptable and you cross the line and you bear the consequences unfortunately those days are behind us so it wasn't an answer but it's it's uh, i guess it only prompts some more questions on what happens now
0: well let's talk local uh, let's go back in the summer, and they called these protests in Buffalo, and I'm not referring to race, color, or creed, but they were protests, but a lot of them became violent. We had one man uh, throw a box on fire through the second floor of City Hall, did, I think, over $10,000 in fire damage, could have built burnt down the whole building. You had another lady when there was a, a, a supposed peaceful protest who uh, ran down uh, three uh, policemen. And one of them, I guess, was at the ECMC for a month. I believe he was a state trooper. And uh, that, that was sad. We also saw in Buffalo um, a lot of uh, violence uh, take place. I think nationally <coughs> there were like 120 people killed nationally with these uh, supposed peaceful protests. We saw uh, some killings in Seattle. Uh, so let's talk about the rioting uh, this last summer and how it got a hand where people got killed. We'll later talk about looting, but let's talk about the violence with these uh, protests. Your feelings about this, Tim
2: Howard. Um, yep, I, I think the first thing to notice is that the, the Buffalo prevailed much better than a lot of other areas in the country, and I thank our local citizens um, for that. Um, I think that uh, back in my school days, we were taught rights and responsibilities, and they were inseparable. We were certain birthrights um, we have as American citizens. Um, that, that those were God-given inalienable rights, um, but right along with them came responsibilities. So I will I guess go back to the rights part of that. The, the right of the people to peacefully assemble is uh, guaranteed by the First Amendment, um, unquestionable. But... Um, those words say um, peacefully assemble so um, their right to assemble and and address their grievances um, to to draw attention to the problems that they think and things that need to be fixed um, are wonderful but they have to do it peacefully and we need to remember that it's other people's property um, that may be damaged in this or other people's rights that may be infringed upon while certain groups gather and shut down businesses um, if you need to do business at that location, then you should still have the right to, to, to gain access to it. So um, we, we have to maintain order in all of this. But um, I would not question the people's right, even if I disagree with what it is that they're saying. Um, I don't disagree with their right to peacefully assemble and petition the government to do something about their grievances. Let me
0: analyze one thing uh, going back on that uh, January 6th with the riots. Um, President Trump used these words, which was a half hour after these violent, stupid protests took place in the Capitol, and he said, I want you to march peacefully and patriotically to the Capitol. Peacefully and patriotically. How can that be seen as inciting a riot? Could you explain that one to me, Sheriff Tim Howard? Um, Certainly...
2: Certainly,
0: I don't see it. I can't hear you. Could you talk into your phone,
2: please? There may have been other conduct other than other than that, but I'm certainly not. I'm not aware of it. Um, but but uh, I, I definitely think that that's just being driven by political for political purposes. Um, I would I would have to think that. Um, is the police agencies and the district attorney that will prosecute the individuals for that certainly have to be fearful that uh, there'd be an entrapment defense or I was only following the orders of the president, the chief executive officer of the United States that told me to do this. So um, any other criminal charges I would think would be minimized if, in fact, people believed that this was all at the president's um, direction um, and and you know overcoming or surpassing the laws by executive order. So I think that those that line of charges charges against the president were absolutely ridiculous and nothing but a p- political stunt. Yeah, I
0: mean I, I listened to that tape thirty times where he said, "I want you to march peacefully and patriotically." So I I, I can't understand. Um, any of this and I think you're right that it it was political because I've heard other tapes of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer talking about fighting and fighting for what's right well I mean I think Trump elsewhere in a speech talking talked about fighting for principles but I've heard Maxine Waters Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi use the same words so why is it okay for one politician to say, "For fight for what you believe in," and it's wrong for another one to?
2: Nah, it certainly it, it isn't. And a big part of our criminal justice system, talks about intent and what was the intent of the actor. And it's not always the case. There are some some offenses of strict liability, but but in this case, what was the intent of the speaker? And I I have used words myself at times. Whatever it takes, we will we will work this case to its conclusion whatever it takes to assure the public but you don't really mean whatever it takes you mean whatever is lawful and appropriate and, and and practical and passable but certainly to say whatever it takes means that you'd engage in unlawful means to to reach a good end and that's certainly not the right thing to do
0: wonderful for those who just tuned in we're talking to a, a great man who's been share for four terms i believe that's a record in the office of the department of the sheriff in erie county i don't think anyone else has done four terms i think higgins did three terms but our guest today is a four-term sheriff which i believe is a record for erie county government for the office of the uh, sheriff's department sheriff timothy b howard a man of great strength and vision and courage uh, if you're listening in Cheektowaga or Toronto or Northern Florida, drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York 14226. Thank you to Mickey Powenski for setting up this interview. A wonderful woman who's worked uh, with the sheriff for many years. Um, I'd like to thank those who've uh, called regarding our recent guests, the president of CALSPAN, Pete Sauer, Eric Reichert, uh, former international vice president of Ford and Chrysler, and Senator Ed Rath. Coming up, we're going to have the president of the Amherst Chamber of Commerce, a great leader for business in Amherst, A.J. Baines, who's also a close associate of the sheriff. A little bit more information about Sheriff Tim Howard. As undersheriff, he personally oversaw the eight- chiefs who direct, directed the daily operation of the Erie County Sheriff's Office and their 1,000-plus employees. He was appointed as sheriff upon Pat Gallivan's resignation and then elected to the office in 2005 and re-elected in 2009 and 2013. A, a tremendous sheriff. Now, let's talk about looting, and we've seen this nationally, and you know, I have great sympathy for the death of George Floyd. I, I don't like any uh, unnecessary and improper law enforcement efforts to take place. However, uh, it's hard to justify looting when I see people leaving stores with washing machines and 10 cases of whiskey. I cannot connect the two between a terrible tragedy and, I, again, my heart goes out to the family of George Floyd. But justifying looting, um, it just I, I saw the one man on national TV pulled up in Milwaukee to a liquor store Put his flashers on, unloaded uh, many many boxes of whiskey into his SUV, shut the door, turned the flashers off, and drove away. So looting—can you justify uh, this in any way, Sheriff Tim Howard, stealing property in the name of racial justice? I I can't understand it.
2: Well, I don't I don't even think that there's anyone that can can justify that. These were. Criminals, and we've seen it before, criminals that were looking for an excuse um, to engage in criminal behavior. It it doesn't represent everyone from that neighborhood or everyone from that that, uh, group. Um, It it certainly doesn't even represent everyone that was upset, as we all were, um, about the unfortunate tragic loss of of human life. But but it did not justify and never would justify um, looting and other criminal conduct i think we know kind of as a guideline that that uh, two wrongs um, never make a right um and certainly that would apply here um drawing attention peacefully protesting once again um was appropriate um, but to engage in looting and lawlessness and attacks on other individuals um totally inappropriate and, and simply criminal behavior that should be prosecuted but back to your opening question that, the the message that's coming from the government, from society now, is that if you're angry, it's okay, and it's not okay. It's not okay to hit your spouse when you're angry. It's not okay to hit your children. It's not okay to hit your neighbor just because you're angry, and it's not okay to engage in criminal conduct just because you're angry. Find an appropriate lawful means of dealing with your anger.
0: Very good. Uh, Very well said, Sheriff Tim Howard, a man with common sense and logic. Now. Our Vice President of the United States has advocated for legalization of prostitution, uh, Kamala Harris. Um, I can't understand this. It seems to go against all the Judeo-Christian ethics our society is based upon to uh, pay people for sex. I know it's legal out in Nevada, but uh, in any way, can you uh, go along with the idea of legalizing prostitution? Sheriff Timothy B. Howard.
2: No, um, just to simply answer that, no. Um, I, I think that all of the other problems associated with that, the victimization of the um, the sex performers, um, this isn't something that they're likely to be en- engaging in um, lossfully, but I do think that this is an area where the federal government has got no um, reason to be involved. Um, it, unfortunately, our schools are not teaching the the uh, the constitution to our students to our citizens anymore so they're they're just left for other people to tell them um what's right or what's wrong but i think it's the ninth and the tenth amendment ninth i think more specifically that um to the constitution that says that those powers not specifically given to the federal government remain with the individual states so federal government should stay out of this it's got enough federal problems of their own to to address and and stick to their business and keep your nose out of local government. And, um, again, let the local people um, figure out what's right or what's wrong for them, not at the federal level.
0: Very good. Well said. A little plug here. ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the Radio.com or Listen tab. Western New Yorkers love their traditions and the Ampol Eagle has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Eagle. The Ampol Eagle is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716 835 Nine four five four. That's seven one six eight three five nine four five four. You have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. And again, the sheriff is married to a lovely and intelligent woman, Sue Sue Howard, and she is of Polish descent, right, Sheriff?
2: Absolutely.
0: She, she's still of Polish way. descent, am I right? <laughs> yes, you are very right. Okay. He just got her ample in the mail a couple days ago. (laughs) Okay, well, it's a good uh, conservative uh, Polish-American newspaper, and the sheriff has a good conservative Polish-American wife. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about marijuana. Uh, I I don't know, Uh, sheriff, it just doesn't make sense to me that um, Governor Cuomo is advocating for quick fixes with his budget, all these... um, um, uh, gambling for profit operations where the state would take revenue and uh, with sports sports betting and legalization of marijuana um, I always thought that our, our economy should be based on commerce industry manufacturing banking I, I cannot understand for the life of me how New York State wants to balance their books on marijuana and sports betting, uh, gambling, the evils of society. Please comment on these matters.
2: Sheriff Tim Howard. Well, I think that our state capital is living for the moment and, and uh, with no eye at all for the future. I think their budget practices make that clear. Um, I think for generations we've tried to make the, the world better and their financial situation better for our children, but the but, uh, government's turned away from that in, in every regard and it's all about money for them to spend now and using money um, to buy influence to keep them um, in office. I, I, I think just to change the subject a little bit, I saw something the other day that if uh, the elections were held in the barnyard, all the animals would vote um, for the people that feed them, um, forgetting the fact that somewhere down the road they're going to slaughter them. Um, um, that's pretty much what we've got now. We've got a government that's using the money from future generations causing all kinds of problems and they're spending this money just to gain favor to keep them in office to, to do more bad deeds. Um, our government is, is continues to fail us and it's because not enough people are involved in the process. Um, government works for us and it's become the other way around. We're working to maintain the government instead of the government working to to help us.
0: Well said. I, I think that basically uh, Sheriff Tim Howard is a libertarian philosophy of less government, less uh, intrusion, but on the same hand, straw, strong law enforcement um, uh, is a good strong framework uh, to guide our society. Um, again, if you're listening in uh, Amherst, New York, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of Clear channel power. We have received letters as far away as Scandinavia New Zealand. <clears throat> Drop us a note to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. A little bit more information about Sheriff Howard. As a staff inspector in the state police, the fourth highest rank in an organization of more than 4,000 employees, Tim Howard was responsible for the coordination of services in the State Police Forensic Investigation Center. He supervised the planning and research section wherein he was responsible for program development and implementing technological advancements and conducted the most difficult internal affairs investigations. A great leader of law enforcement, Sheriff Tim Howard. Now, Sheriff Howard, let's talk about drugs. And the problem which you have had to confront in your jails. I know that people are upset about deaths in jails, and I'm sure that you don't like deaths in the jails either. But, Sheriff, aren't a lot of these situations with people on heroin and they're overdosing and they have withdrawal and they're really not coherent or logical in their behavior? Aren't most of these cases related to o-
2: overuse of drugs? The the majority of individuals, and this has continued for many years, that are in jail are there either because of their drug addiction, because of their drug addiction, or because they are selling drugs um, preying upon other individuals that are addicted. Um, They are either there because of the behavior committed on drugs, or because of the behavior that they committed to to support their habit. Um, But to the health conditions of these individuals they have been um, ignoring their own good health healthy habits um, they've eaten and smoked and drank uh, inappropriately using from um, god only knows what substances they've chosen to use uh, to self-medicate they they uh, the, the drugs and the alcohol have been...
0: sheriff are you there i can't hear you yep they,
2: they, their drug use has masked the the uh indication of ailments that they have and only when they come to the jail and get off the drugs, do many of these um, ailments become known. And unfortunately um, sometimes before they are known or properly diagnosed or dealt with the individual succumbs to those injuries, but it's not from a lack of caring. It's not from a lack of trying. um, It's just many of these are impossible situations and the um, circumstances predicted the outcome, not the misconduct of any of our staff.
0: Yeah, how can how can someone blame a deputy on, on duty in the jail when someone's going through withdrawal and has highly illogical and improper behaviors that may often result in suicide when someone is very very high on on heroin or cocaine or other or meth? Uh, how can you blame a deputy or uh, a jail employee? when this was, these drugs were taken before they were put in jail, and now they're reacting to the overuse of drugs?
2: Well, I, I think they've been conditioned by that by certain members of the media, um, along with the help of some politicians that want to blame the police for everything that's happening instead of looking elsewhere. But even to the, uh, the medical issues in the jail, um, th- those that were historically addressed, the, the medical services and the mental health services in the jail were a function of the county government, not under the control of the sheriff, but all of the focuses continued to remain on the sheriff's office and not on the health providers, health care, mental health providers um, that were not under the control of the sheriff. So um, the, the, the fix was not going to come as long as the focus was on the deputies or the sheriff instead of looking elsewhere in county government. The Department of Justice um, that everybody says investigated me, they're very much mistaken. That investigation was of Erie County and the Department of Justice recommended that the medical care be taken away from the county and assigned to the sheriff. And, and in fact, that is what happened. And the jail came in compliance with the Department of Justice uh, mandates. Um, so we're, we're looking too often in the wrong places and there's people that that deliberately um are doing that including the focus on police instead of the focus on government and government failures and um, for instance mental health is a huge concern right um in in our community and and the the focus is on law enforcement um we aren't the metal, mental health providers um the, we we don't have our own psychiatrists that respond with deputies we're not entitled to know Uh, The mental health conditions, it's one of the reforms we've called for for years, (laughs) including back to the focus on the SAFE Act, is that um, I'm not as concerned with the number of guns on the street as I am with knowing the mental health condition, um, the the illness, the medicines that are being taken um, by the individual that's taken hostages or barricaded himself in a building. So the resolution to that um, isn't to ban the guns, it's to, in an emergency situation, allow the first responders the information they need to deal with the situation at hand. Um, the, the the call for that has gone on forever for, for uh, more than 40 years, but the government um, continues to focus on something else um, because they can blame someone else.
0: Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me You arrest people and you put criminals in jail, but you the the sheriff's department never gave these people these illegal drugs of heroin, cocaine, or meth. You're um, dealing with your reaction to it, and often when people are put in jail, they're still high and going through withdrawal, which is which the sheriff's department never gave these people the drugs to react
2: to. Um, I I will acknowledge that the Department of Justice made certain recommendations um, that were very appropriate, but the decision to to um, adapt those recommendations came from county government. Um, historically, police would ask an individual, um, "Are you taking any drugs?" Right. Well, it makes it makes sense that the individual would say no, um, because to admit that they were taking drugs would potentially be used against them in their prosecution for. Drug possession or, or D.W.I. Or, or whatever. So the recommendation came that there would be those questions would be asked by a medical provider, Good. and that it would it would not be shared um, with law enforcement. That was an excellent recommendation. Yeah, um, I, called, I'm sorry, called. Sheriff.
0: We have to bring the program to a close. We admire you uh, for your 40-plus year. A service to our country and our county and state in law enforcement. You're a great hero for uh, law enforcement. Sheriff Tim Howard with a lovely wife, Sue. Also special thanks to Mickey Pawenski for arranging this interview and Kevin Carr, director of production for 15 years. Thank you for enlightening and once again. Again, a great sheriff, Timothy B. Howard.
1: You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?